It's Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and it's time for the New Hampshire News Recap. Getting into this week's top headlines, Governor Sununu says the state is looking to increase its testing and vaccine capability, capacity, I should say. The first cases of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 were detected in the state this week, and there's growing opposition to a decision by the Public Utilities Commission to reject increased funding for energy efficiency programs. Joining us now to talk about that and more are NHPR reporters Ali Pham and Mara Hoplamazian. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good Good to have you both here in studio. Uh, Allie, let's start with you. You were at Governor Sununu's COVID-19 press conference yesterday. Uh, What changes, if any, did he announce to the state's approach? I mean, not really much. It's basically we're continuing to do what we're already doing. So that really includes increasing opportunities for Grand Staters to go out and get the COVID-19 vaccine or booster, um, increasing opportunities for home testing, and also just propping up our overburdened healthcare system with more kind of federal aid and federal staffing. And, you know, he's continuing to message around we're not looking at a state of emergency. We're not looking at implementing any public health requirements like indoor masking. So it's really a continuation of the same kind of strategy that we've been seeing throughout this surge. I know that you could have pushed back a little bit at the press conference asking him, well, what about them, those, those mandates? And, and, and he felt that it just wouldn't make a difference as far as hospitalizations are concerned? Yeah, he did. I mean, I think he keeps kind of making this argument that... Um, Imposing public health requirements is kind of a a penalty for people who are already vaccinated or, you know, would pose an an economic threat. Um, But I think, you know, letting the virus kind of run rampant in New Hampshire also has consequences. We're also asking our public health system, we're asking our hospitals, we're asking our healthcare workers to make major sacrifices. And we're also looking at you know, some of the really grim sacrifices of more Grand Staters losing their lives, ending up hospitalized. So, Well, we've asked listeners to write in with uh, their questions, and you can do that, by the way, by sending an email to voices at nhpr.org. We heard from Susan from Exeter, who says she heard that free test kits will be available next week. Um, how can she apply to, to get one? Yeah, she's absolutely correct. Um, so, I guess it was late last month, um, we saw this kind of opportunity for Granite Staters to basically order free tests delivered to their homes. Mm -hmm. And that program was, I mean, so popular that it basically... Within a day. out in yeah. 24 hours. I mean, I didn't yeah. get to order one. Um, <laughs> and so we're going to see that program again. And we don't have a, a date for that yet, but it's it's expected. Well, we should be getting more, more information there next week. And, you know, hopefully they won't all go out in a day because... You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're Hopefully not online that day, you miss it. Yeah, and, more and opportunity to get a, to get a test. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about data here for a bit, Ali. I know that you've reported that some people might not be reporting a positive COVID-19 case um, to their primary care provider. Therefore, it does not get into state data records. Can you explain what the issue is there? Right. Yeah. So when the testing is done at home, the onus is kind of on you as an individual to um, report that case to your health provider, 
who can then report it into state data. And that is different to a lot of the testing that's, you know, done at places like CVS or health centers that kind of automatically gets reported into the state. And so what we are expecting with more at-home testing is that our the accuracy of data around cases and also really test positivity too is just going to become kind of increasingly in, inaccurate. Uh, what, what is the governor saying about that? Is he talking about that in, in the, the, the discord and the data? Yeah, I mean, he mentioned that yesterday that we are going to see the data becoming kind of increasingly inaccurate there. And I mean, Increasing accessibility of testing is key to helping curb the spread of the virus because you can just catch cases earlier. Um, but, you know, there, I also have been talking with some some medical professionals in the state about some of the unintended consequences of not having a provider kind of looped in when there's a positive case. Um, and that, you know, some of the providers will help you monitor your symptoms if you're positive. Um, One health center I spoke to said that they give COVID positive patients a pulse oximeter to help them monitor their oxygen levels. And providers can also make recommendations if you're at severe, at risk of getting a severe case that maybe, hey, you should go in and get monoclonal antibody treatment. And so if providers are really kept out of the loop from positive testing, there could be some missed opportunities to get treatment. Okay. So it's not just about tracking the data. It's it's also about treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the first few cases of the variant, uh, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 were detected in New Hampshire this week officially. What more do we know about the, the variant's arrival here? I mean, I think what we, we know is it's really pr- presumably going to take over and become the predominant strain here in New Hampshire and, and take over Delta. And, and very quickly, it looks yeah. like, from or the research we're hearing from absolutely. around the country. Yeah. Do, do we know how the vaccines are inter- interacting with this variant? I mean, I think we're absolutely still learning, but um, kind of early studies are showing vaccines are still effective, but they're not as effective as they were against some of the earlier strains. So getting that, you know, if you're already vaccinated, I think this really makes the case of the importance of getting boosted. And, you know, if you're not get vaccinated. Um, so Sure. Yeah. yeah. This is Morning Edition on NHPR. We're recapping this week's news with NHPR's Ali Pham and Mara Hoplamazian. You can let us know your thoughts and questions at any time about our recap by sending us an email to voices at nhpr.org. All right. I want to turn to Mara now. There's uh, been some big news in the realm of energy in the Granite State this week. And uh, Mara, I know you're watching this. The Public Utilities Commission has decided late last month to deny a plan to increase energy efficiency programs. Instead, they reduced that funding. And there's a long list of organizations that are opposing that order, and it's to be growing. Mara, can you can you explain, remind us what this decision was about back in November? Yeah, sure. So in the fall of 2020, New Hampshire's utility companies filed a three-year energy efficiency plan, um, and they said they wanted to make their energy efficiency programs more robust. And advocacy groups and the state's consumer advocates signed on to that plan, Um, But then the PUC took a long time to rule on it, delaying for almost a year. And then the PUC decided in November to deny the plan and go in the opposite direction. Um, So energy efficiency in New Hampshire is funded through something called the system benefits charge. And that's a charge of a few dollars per month on everyone's energy bill that goes towards funding energy efficiency through New Hampshire saves. Um, 
And the idea is that that money goes towards efforts that benefit everyone, so reducing costs for everyone by making the system more efficient. And the utilities wanted to increase that charge, but the PUC said the utilities had to progressively decrease it, which then in turn decreases the overall funding for energy efficiency in the state. And what was the the PUC's reasoning for decreasing this funding? Yeah, so the the PUC said the price for the plan the utilities proposed was too high, um, and it would have put a burden on ratepayers. To be clear, for most people, that's a difference of a few dollars a month, probably, but it could be different for businesses. Um, they also said they wanted New Hampshire to switch to a market-based system for energy efficiency that wouldn't be sponsored by the utilities or funded by ratepayers. And it seems like people are still trying to figure out what that would look like. Right. What does that mean? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not really sure. Okay. Does any did, did they offer any an explanation of that? Has anybody offered an explanation of what that would mean? Um, I. I. You know, haven't haven't heard explanations of that. Yeah, I haven't I haven't, <laughs> I haven't encountered those. Okay, well, how businesses, you know, and in, in, in residential customers be affected by this decision? Well, there's a, f- a few ways. Um, utility companies have halted some of their energy efficiency work, so uh, people who are planning on making their homes or buildings more energy efficient might not be able to. Um, energy efficiency contractors have said if the order stands, they'll need to lay off a lot of their workers around the holidays. Uh, Liberty Utilities has estimated that the cuts to energy efficiency would raise costs for customers. They've said up to $30 million in the future, um, possibly more than $30 million in the future. And then community action agencies who um, you know, help lower-income folks reduce their energy bills through efficiency programs say that the order is putting some of their work on hold, too. So have we heard from businesses that are indeed some efficiency businesses that are, are laying off customer, are laying off employees now? Um, you know, in a press conference a couple weeks ago, there there were businesses who said, you know, by the ho- by the time the holidays come, we'll so they're have, saying we're we'll close to, to it. We'll have to le- yeah lay off some of our yeah. This I, I know, Mara, that, that this week the list of people opposing this order is has been growing. Where do these various groups stand, and and what are they asking for precisely? Yeah, so there's there's a few different challenges. Clean Energy New Hampshire has filed a lawsuit in Superior Court um, with some other plaintiffs involved, and then separately a group that includes all the state's utilities, Clean Energy New Hampshire, the Consumer Advocate, and some other stakeholders is asking the PUC to reconsider through a motion for rehearing. Um, those folks are saying energy efficiency is an important program for people in New Hampshire, but they they also say the PUC's order had other issues, like changing things really drastically and really fast. Um, they say it wasn't anchored in evidence, and they say it didn't really consider the immediate impact that the change would have on people working in the field of energy efficiency. Um, and then the Department of Energy weighed in separately, also asking the PUC to reconsider their decision. Governor Sununu supported that. Um, he sent a letter to them saying he shared their concerns um, and hoped the PUC would reconsider. But he also said the original plan would have cost too much, so similar to what the PUC has said. Um, and then the B- Business and Industry Association, um, which actually took issue with the original plan posed by the utilities, has also pushed back, saying the PUC should reconsider. Um, and and they said that strongly support energy efficiency, but that they want a more modest approach to funding it. So what I'll be watching is to see you know, what happens with all these challenges and whose vision for how energy efficiency will be funded is, is going to shake out. Right. And how the PUC will react to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They have 30 days to respond to the motion for rehearing that was that was posed. So we'll see. Mara, you, you've done some reporting on, on where our power comes from generally. How, how does energy efficiency fit into that that bigger picture? Yeah, right. So we're connected to a regional energy or electricity grid. Um, and the organization that manages that called ISO New England says energy efficiency is uh, helped reduce demand on the grid. 
Um, that's helpful because it, it reduces the need to turn on power plants or build new ones. Um, and we know annual electricity use is projected to grow in the coming years as people start to use electricity for things like electric cars and electric heat pumps. Um, but energy efficiency decreases how much that will increase, <laughs> if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The more efficient you get, the less you need. Yeah. Yeah. And and that could make it easier for the grid to adapt to things like more renewable energy coming on and, and more things becoming electrified. Okay. I know you'll keep an eye on it, and we'll hear more about that, I'm sure, on future recaps here. Uh, both Ali and Mara, I want to I ask you before we go, what else are you reporting on right now? Ali, what are you, what are you on the lookout for? Um, I think next week I'll be pretty focused on some of the direct kind of economic impacts of this current COVID-19 surge on our economy. So um, for folks who are listening, if it's changed your spending behavior, if it's, you know, impacted your business, um, feel free to send me an email directly at afam at nhpr.org. Yeah, we definitely want to hear from you and, and what how everything is, is impacting your life. We want to hear from listeners like you. You can also send us uh, an email to voices at nhpr.org, too. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Um, Mara, how about you? What are you, what are you going to be watching on your beat? Yeah, similar to Ali, I, I, I'm really curious about how these decisions around energy efficiency are, are impacting people. So folks can email me at um, hoplamazian at nhpr.org. Um, but I'm, I'm also reporting on electric vehicles in the in the coming weeks and, and looking into um, a new pilot project to, to do vehicle-to-grid charging um, in, in Plymouth. So I'm excited about that, too. Okay, we'll be watching out for, for that reporting from both uh, Mara and Ali, NHPR reporters, Ali Pham and Mara Hoplamazian. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. And again, you can find their work and all the stories we talked about here at nhpr.org. And do let us know your thoughts. It is Morning Edition from NHPR.